You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Who's going to start talking? Do I start talking? Do you start talking? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of uh, May the 4th leftovers. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to this very leftover. Yeah, I was going to say, this could be, um, you know. You know what's so providential about that moment? What? <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm uh, dying to know now. Because I was recently thinking about the time we opened that same off-the-cuff joke. We did! Holy crap! Yeah. And I actually thought about doing it again just for fun. Like, I'm like, I, I want to do I I just wanted to do it. Partly because I specifically made like some like false claims about Star Wars. <laughs> I think I was like, I think in that episode I said, Oh, that's something from this part of this episode. And I'm like, all this time later I actually watched those episodes again. I'm like, I was wrong. <laughs> and now my wrongness is permanently preserved in a podcast. <sighs> there is no erasure of these mistakes. No, all I could do is be like, I know, I know I said it wrong. <laughs> Please forgive me. Yeah. I walk back, I recant. <laughs> exactly. Star Wars. That's Ooh. good. That's weird. That's it is. Weird. How about that? Huh. Good stuff, though. That is. That is good stuff. Mm. Star Wars Episode Seven was probably the best of those sequels. Actually, no. I think I like Rise of Skywalker better. Oh yes, I have trouble with the numbers when we get to the later films. I have yeah. to go by their extended name because uh, I always, I always say the wrong number. But the Rise of Skywalker for me, it does beat out The Force Awakens because there were a lot of moments that were like satisfying payoff, like emotional payoff. Even though I, I do have some pretty serious complaints it does enough like a damage control yep. that i find very rewarding yeah and it is still different enough like force awakens a lot of very familiar story beats yeah still very in, still very enjoyable but guess what guess what the last movie doesn't do it doesn't kill han solo so <laughs> it's better <laughs> yeah can't beat that yeah, we're just here to tell you the truth. Yes. You know, unbiased, <laughs> totally factual opinions. <laughs> totally factual <laughs> opinions. Uh, uh, well, you know what you shouldn't do? Do tell. Lie. Yeah, well, hey. Not tell the truth. Exactly. This is what you shouldn't do, which is what we're not doing. Me, Josiah, and you, Ethan. We're seeking to uphold. We are upholding truth. Yes. Which, you know... What's a thing that deals with that? <laughs> wow, what a sentence. What's a thing that <laughs> deals with that? that? I, you know, if I had to surmise, I would probably say one of the commandments. One of the commandments. Wow, you would surmise <laughs> correctly. Ah, As a matter good. of fact, specifically, the ninth commandment. Oh, see, I was going to say the sixth. The sixth. <sighs> the murder commandment. Oh, is that what it is? That right. is. Okay. The joke is that I can never keep it straight. <laughs> <laughs> murder hornets are a thing now. They're violating the sixth Wait. commandment in their name. What? Murder hornets? What the? What are the in America crap is now? That? I don't allegedly, even, what does that word mean? Murder hornets. So apparently, in Asia, there's a specific. What would you call that? Like hornet is a species. I think there is a brand <laughs> of hornet. <laughs> there is a type of hornet called a murder hornet. And I think it's primarily a bee-killing hornet, but allegedly it has so much venom that if it stings you enough, it can kill human beings. Mm. The nuance of that name, too. I know. Hi, I murdered Hornet. And, well, apparently, I think they first showed up in Washington State, and they found them because a bunch of beekeepers went and found all their bees basically, like, dead with their heads ripped off. Oh, my These murder hornets don't play around, boy. Oh, it's wild. They violate the Sixth they, Commandment they not can, the Joneses. You know, they can just keep their murder hornet. We have Lyme disease ticks. That's, that's our it. specialty. Yeah, that's, you can everyone else hornets. stay away. Yeah. Anyway, the Ninth Commandment, <laughs> now that we're back, 
Yeah, uh, we're on the ninth commandment today, which means there's only one more after this. Oh, gosh. Wow, the I'm end not sure I'm prepared. Yeah, I was thinking like, man, the Ten Commandments is going to be done. Yeah. What? I we started is... doing this in January. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, actually. I didn't, I didn't realize. Is there like another set of things we can do? Surely we can find a set I was of actually things. thinking about that, and okay. I've got some ideas, but I don't want to spoil them. No, no, and no, also, no, no. I don't want to like overcommit in case I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no, exactly. we're not doing that. Exactly. So, Anyway, here's the ninth commandment. Okay, hit me. All right. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Exodus 20.16. Okay. No, nothing else? Nothing, no, nothing that's else. it. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you're familiar with the Ten Commandments, you may have been expecting to hear thou shalt not lie or something similar. Yeah. Pro- yeah yes. That's, yeah, like, right? That's what gets said. Uh, and that's not terribly off as far as it goes, but the actual wording is what we just heard. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Which is a form of lying, to be fair. It's like specialized. Yeah, it's a specialized form of lying because you're saying something untrue about another person. So It actually feels a bit more divisive. Like, it feels sinister, almost, when when you put it that way. Like, if your intent is to bear false witness, this is not like a casual misdirection. No, no, it's it's not. It's a plot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it seems very specific to say this when you could have otherwise just said, thou shalt not lie. That is very true. This is actually surprisingly loaded. It is. Uh It is. And you might wonder, why would the Lord hone down on this specific form of deceit? I do. There are so many forms of deceit out there, you know? (laughs) So many to choose from. (laughs) So many. You could have your garden variety, but (laughs) you got this one. We got this one. And uh, as always, I do think it's helpful to consider the original context that this was situated in. And you think about back in the day, you're a nomadic Israelite, mm-hmm. you know, there's no video footage, That's none true. of the normal... No CCTV. Yeah, you don't have that. Uh, you don't have like fingerprint oh, analysis. That's pretty, it's pretty recent actually. Yeah, that is. Isn't that crazy? That think how recent that crazy. is? <laughs> All these tools that we have now to kind of help us when we're talking about like crimes mm, to help us identify. Truth, yeah. yeah, they didn't have access to that. And so if you weren't at the scene of an alleged crime... All you had to go off of was the word of alleged witnesses of said Mm -hmm. crime or misdeed. And so imagine that someone has charged you with a capital offense like murder back in the day, but you're completely innocent. Right. There's a horror scenario. Someone charges (laughs) you with murder, capital offense, and you're innocent. But no one else knows where you were at the moment that the murder allegedly happened. Classic dilemma. Mm, The introvert's worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I was was just like off having alone time. (laughs) Now I'm being accused of murder. Yeah, alone time after you killed the other person. (laughs) (laughs) I needed time to repent of your sin, didn't you? (laughs) So now your fate rests entirely on the word of other witnesses. Yes. Like, and how truthful they're going to be. Hopefully they like you. Yeah. And I mean, whether or not they don't have their own interests to serve in, you know, maybe their thing isn't that they're out necessarily to be malicious against you. They just have their own interest to serve and it's going to be in their best interest personally to not tell the truth for some reason. Like, (sighs) uh, what? Which, I mean, if you stop and pull back from this for a minute, like we say, oh, yeah, that was definitely true back then. But that's still true today. (laughs) This is still true today because we still call witnesses to the stand to testify in courtroom settings to help determine the guilt or innocence of people charged with Mm. crimes. Hello, Jay Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) That was the dumbest joke I will tell all year. That 
that was a very layered joke. <laughs> like, like, like that's one of those jokes, like you blink, you miss it kind of jokes, even though it's you're, it's an audible joke, so that makes blinking, my analogy it. makes no sense. But, I mean, there is, like, there is some truth to that. Like, I mean, what you said, much can rise and fall on the belief of a, a single testimony. Like, yeah. a jury doesn't really have to buy the evidence if you can scam them on a real good story. Yeah. And that's still true. Yeah, that is that is exactly the case. Of course, that's true in courtroom trials and when you're being charged with major crimes and offenses. You know, it was true back then, true today. But this command isn't just dealing with that because you, you pull back again and think about what slander can do to someone's reputation mm. or gossip. Those can utterly ruin a person and... Those are just different forms of bearing false witness against your neighbor. Yeah, That's so all those are. This is really kind of like untruth as a weapon rather than something just casually misleading. Yes, exactly. Because, again, coming back to our comment earlier about your garden variety deceits, <laughs> uh, the people of God used military deceit exactly. frequently. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing about that that's necessarily forbidden. I like your, those, that's that's good. I'd never heard that phrase before, untruth as a weapon. Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty good. And... I think kind of as an illustration of this, a very tragic one. If you're familiar with the story of Ahab and Naboth in 1 Kings 21, and if you're not, I'm going to summarize it. <laughs> By all I means. Think it's, it's a very heartbreaking story and very frustrating. Like one of these stories you hear and you're like, oh, oh it just makes your- favorite stories. Yeah. <laughs> that's Ethan. Ethan lives <laughs> true crime, <laughs> true crime podcast. But in 1 Kings 21, uh, the wicked king, Ahab, comes across a vineyard that he wants more than anything in the world, which- <laughs> First of all, like, okay, what? <laughs> okay, buddy. your vineyard? That's okay, fine, Ooh. I guess, whatever. You know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> so he goes to the owner of this vineyard because it's not his vineyard. Right. The owner of the vineyard is a guy named Naboth. And Ahab offers to buy it from him or trade him for a better vineyard. Uh, I'm seeing some red flags. Yeah, that's kind of oh, suspect. It's like, it's like, I like that $20 bill so much, I'll give you 100 for it. That's, yeah. What? <laughs> What? How does that... How does this make sense? (sighs) But, of course, Naboth won't do it. Good for him. He will not give away or sell this vineyard because this particular vineyard is his family's inheritance. It's doubly good for him. Yeah, it's been passed down to him from his father's, and, you know, he probably wants to pass it down to his children. So Ahab gets so upset about this that he lays down in his bedroom and refuses to eat. What an absolute child. I know, right? Like, that is something a 10-year-old does when you take away, like, their Xbox. Yes. Like, that is something I would have done if my dad was like, yeah, you can't play the PlayStation today. I'm going to go lay down in my bed and not come down for dinner. Yes. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, my And this is, these are grown He's the king He's of Israel. The king. the king. of Israel. Like, uh. utter pettiness. Just throws a temper tantrum. So here's King Ahab, and he's doing all this. And finally, his wife, Jezebel, who may take the cake... And be even more evil and wicked than him. Oh, yeah. She's got a reputation. Yeah. She has a reputation. She does something quite sinister and lives into that reputation or develops it, you know, however you want (laughs) to frame it. Whatever. She gets to what the Bible calls worthless fellows. Poor guys, man. I mean, they're clearly about to be dirtbag pawns. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, from from the off, they're worthless fellows. Worthless fellows. (laughs) And what she does is she gets them to bring a false charge against Naboth. They go and say, Naboth cursed God and the king, which is a capital offense. And the townspeople go along with the insanity and stone Naboth to death. Oh, he's dead now. He's dead. Yeah, they they take him outside and they stone him to death. He is dead. And of course, Jezebel's like, oh, yep, go take the the vineyard. It's yours now. It's your vineyard. (laughs) And I mean, it's so ironic because... 
you know, here these people are accusing Naboth of cursing God and the king when he had done no such thing. And in reality, they were the ones basically cursing Naboth. Like they were uttering untrue slanders against him. And a curse was like a, a pronouncement unto, unto death here. And that's what happened. And it's just very tragic and ironic this that this happened. Alarmingly easy. Like that literally yeah. took zero effort to kill a man. Yeah. Like you now you got to use crap on the dark web and pay like thousands of dollars to, to <laughs> place a hit on someone. <laughs> Okay, I was listening to a podcast. Don't read into that. Have you been watching Tiger King? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So anyway, I think that illustrates the whole concept that slander and false witness can literally destroy lives. For real. Uh, It could be done 6,000 years ago. It could be done a couple thousand years ago. I mean, it can be done today. Mm -hmm. And not even in the cheesy way. You know, sometimes... We were talking about this before we started recording the podcast. Like people say, there's power in words. Like oh, as if right, right. your words alone have some sort of, what was the comparison you used? Like anime power? Like, yeah. Like, you've watched anime. <laughs> exactly. Like, like there's, there's like this magic in just the words. <laughs> like you say you have this like little perfect incandation and, and suddenly like it kind of just blows them away. Yeah. Like, in a freeze frame. There's like blinding light. <laughs> yeah. Oh! yeah, exactly. <laughs> But all that is to say is that, in another sense, there is some real power in words. Mm -hmm. The scriptures do say that there is life and death in the tongue. So, I mean, there is some power in words. So, when we say today things like, listen, you really need to stop gossiping. You shouldn't gossip. It's because we're not just playing with trifling matters when we're talking about false witness and slander. At its heart, gossip and false witness, I mean, it's like you said, it's the self-serving untruth being used as a weapon. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we do this, we're often aiming to make ourselves look better, to win the admiration of others, to steal a man's vineyard, (laughs) etc., And that cost the other person dearly, you know, whether it's their reputation or in case of like Naboth, their very life. Their life. Not to derail our progress, but I feel like it could be helpful to delineate something when it comes to gossip. Sure. What is the Bible specifically class as gossip? Because Mm -hmm. I don't think, I spend my time with people who do this, but sometimes I hear people say, well, I don't want to gossip. And they they sheepishly say something that's like plainly factual. Like, why why are you creating this guilt scenario? (laughs) Where else am I going to find the information? Why are you incurring this guilt upon me? Yeah, what are you going to do? Look it up on Facebook? <laughs> if you don't tell me basic factual information. <sighs> yeah, so that does bring up some a very good question. And um, I'm kind of delineating this here on the fly. So yes. let me, because we live in a society where we have to unfortunately qualify these kinds of things. <laughs> um, let me tell you what gossip is not, first of all. Okay. Because I think we, I don't know why this this sometimes gets so backwards. I don't know. But let's suppose we have a scenario where, just a completely hypothetical example, someone hires a plumber okay. to come and work on their house. Like, man, sink is leaking yes. and I need a plumber to come work on that. That plumber comes and he charges you whatever the going rate on plumbers <laughs> is. It's not cheap. And he comes and he works on the lines and he's like, all right, fixed it. It's good. Pay me your stuff and we'll be up about our business. Sure. And you pay him and the next day you're doing your dishes in the sink and... It's leaking. It's leaking worse than before. And you call this plumber back. You're like, hey, man, can you come out? Like, it didn't work. Can you come out and do that again? And the plumber says, well, you know, I'm not perfect, just forgiven. So, you know, like, just, uh, you know, like, I I can't really, like, can you just have some grace for me? Like, I really, I'm not that great at this, obviously, but can you just have some grace? I'm not that great. Okay? Okay. It is not gossip to tell your friends, don't hire this plumber. He ruined like, he did not do a good job. Mm-hmm. That is not gossip. That is just 
saying, listen, this man did some work. It wasn't great. A personal account of factual evidence. Yes. And you're not like, you don't want to be malicious about it, but you want to be like, listen, like he just didn't fix the thing. Right. Like if he gets better and he's willing to actually learn how to do his job, then, you know, we'll reconsider. But like, just maybe don't hire him to do this job. Okay. That's not gossip. That's just reporting on a job done. Now let's say, let's, let's move to another hypothetical scenario. Let's say you're sitting with a community group or you're sitting with a friend at Starbucks and like, I just really want you to pray for Miranda. I don't know. Somebody, (laughs) somebody named Miranda. You both know Miranda, right? (laughs) Right. And you're of like, course. well, what's what's going on with Miranda? And he's like, well, you know, I heard that oh, no. oh, yeah. she um, was kind of running around at the bars recently and that her husband, John, he may have been sleeping around. I just heard this and I'm sure Miranda that they're married. And John are a mess. I know. And just, uh, I just, I heard that. And I just think they need some prayer. Oh gosh. This, okay. Everything about that sounds self-righteous too. Okay. So that's, and that's where I think when you're talking about gossip, what you're doing is you're sharing information that let's let's actually okay let's actually even back it up let's say that was actually true okay that what she heard was true Mm -hmm. that these things happened i would then ask her okay like well you know like when you heard about what did you do like why and if she's if she were to say well i didn't do anything i've just been praying i want you to pray and i'm gonna go tell these other people to pray oh okay that is gossip because what you're doing is you have as far as what i can tell Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits, all right? Sure. As far as what I can tell is, you aren't actually interested in helping. Like, you're not going and saying, like, exactly. hey, like, uh, Miranda, like, you're you're throwing your life away they're, here. Th- their interest is not for the other person. It's actually, they're using it as a self-serving, like, way to place themselves in the center of this whole thing. Yes, that is exactly it. So when you're sharing, I think, especially confidential information, okay. but it doesn't always have to be that. But, you know, there are all kinds of information. But it, it seems share. like we're talking about information that's, like, discrediting or demeaning or, you degrading. Yes, that would make you think less of another person. Okay. And they share it in kind of a confidential tone that, like what you said, kind of makes them makes them appear kind of like a mm. hero. More important for having known and shared this. Yes. And like, if you're feeling that, if you're feeling like, I'm in the know here, <laughs> like I've got secret information that yeah. I can share with others, that is where I'm starting to say, that's gossip. Okay. That is quite different from, let's say we go to the same scenario, this friend has heard about Miranda and John. She has gone to them and is like, like, what? It's like, what's going on? Like, how can I help? Like, is there something that I can do? Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And the conversation doesn't go anywhere. And then let's say she goes to a trusted friend who has been known to help in these kinds of scenarios, like who has some wisdom, who has dealt with this before, or a pastor or somebody like that. And they're like, I went and talked to this person. This is actually what Jesus lays out in Matthew 18. It's not exactly the same, but it's a little bit different. Jesus said there, if someone sins against you, you go and tell them their fault privately, just the two of you. If they won't listen, you go bring witness, a witness or two or three. And then if they won't listen, you bring in the witness of the church. And so in that situation, if it's like, hey, I went and talked to them, like it didn't go anywhere. I need some more guidance. Like I'm going to go back. I want to keep helping them. And you go and you say, this is the best that I know of what's happening. Can you help me help them? That is a little bit different. And you're not going out, you know, trying to share it or degrade them. Exactly. And you go out and saying like, and you may even call that and say, you need to go find out like if there's more truth to this. Right. Because... It's like Solomon said in Proverbs 18.8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels that go down into the inner parts of the body. Ugh, All right? Cool. So, I mean, there is, this, there is this genuine, like, craving for them. Like, we yeah. do. Like, they we feel want illicit. That. Yeah, and it's like there's something about that, like, kind of forbidden fruit aura mm, and the secret exactly. knowledge. And, like, oh, ooh, it's tasty. I mean, anytime you know? someone says the word secret knowledge, <laughs> we got red flags going <laughs> on. Like, oh, red alert. <laughs> 
But as Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Okay, yeah. So in other words, let's say you're just in the scenario where you're hearing something like this. Mm-hmm. We should always seek to hear both sides of the story before we come to our own personal verdict. It's like, even if you're in a scenario where it's legitimately someone is coming to you and they're asking for genuine help and they want some counsel and you're going to go in a scenario together, you definitely still need to listen to the other side. And like the danger is when you come to those conclusions, say, oh yeah, that person's terrible. Like obviously, (laughs) I'm just going to believe that. And then, because then you go in to that conversation with them with a whole new set of presuppositions. Of course. And that really sets you back, to put it lightly. Can I ask another question? Yeah. So let's, I'm going to go back to that example, tweak it a little bit, right? Yeah. So let's say Miranda. (laughs) Yes. And she's having a rough time. (laughs) She is, poor Um, Miranda. So what if Miranda comes to me, confides with an issue that's going on in her life? A friend of hers, it's not even relational here. Yeah. A friend of hers has wronged her. I don't know this friend. I've never met this friend. Yeah. But they have a spat. Yeah. Or maybe Miranda has felt betrayed in a social situation as a result. Mm -hmm. And she's explaining the situation to me because she needs an outlet. Yeah. Or a sounding board. Right. So... I in that moment, my instinct is not to seek out the stranger. Yeah. To get this other story that could be a conflicting account <laughs> to the to the detriment of my of my friend, the only yeah. person in this scenario that I kind of have yeah. rapport with. But what if it's not even feasible to get the other side? Yeah. Right. Like, what is I guess, especially within the context of this commandment yeah. and how to kind of live in a way that is not contradicting it or not in, yeah. in, in in violation of it? What is like the most responsible and respectful way? to act. Yeah, because obviously it's not feasible. Like, if that happened every time something like that happened, you would know half of West Virginia or whatever, you know? I mean, that's just not feasible. But I do think some of this depends on the seriousness of the allegations. Okay. So, let's say someone brings a charge of, like, adultery as an example against someone. They're like, man, this person committed adultery. That is a serious allegation. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you know the person involved, if it involves, I think, like, a, a dear friend and there's like a web of relationship there if you're talking about a serious charge that does need to be like to some amount probably checked out yeah because that's a very serious charge like that is the kind of thing that if it's correct needs to be dealt with I mean if it's correct it can destroy families and if it's incorrect the allegation can destroy families exactly so that's the kind of thing where you need to check it out and so on that one hand, you have very serious kind of formal charges. Uh-huh. And then on the other hand, I think you have where it's like, maybe they just had a little verbal spat. Like mm-hmm. they had a disagreement about something like... Maybe largely inconsequential. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of a good example of that. But maybe they had a slight disagreement about... See, I just don't I know what to use an example. <laughs> but like, what you know... It just, just like a social spat, jealousy. Yeah, just about, yeah. you know, yeah, something like she's like, oh, she got credit for that. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do much of the work. Right. I mean, just something like that, okay? Which is, there's nothing necessarily perhaps wrong with feeling a little bit frustrated that Mm -hmm. I did the work on it and I didn't, you know, no one thanked me. Like, I'm a little frustrated that she got the credit for the work I did, right? Been there. Thank you, group work. That's it. Yes, exactly. Oh, every group project ever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But at that point, it's like, what I would do as a pastor is I would encourage her to go and find a way to be reconciled and deal with it without trying to assume the worst of the friend Hmm. because I don't know her. Like, I can't... To not allow that to poison your perception. So that when I... If I ever did meet her, be like, oh, you're a terrible person. (laughs) I don't know her. Right. And so that's the point where you kind of encourage... Paul did this with... uh, I can never remember their names in the letter of Philippians. He just said, I entreat them to to be uh, reconciled to one another and to agree with Mm -hmm. one another. And so, like, that's the kind of scenario where it's like, ah, if it's like that, like, just work it out. Like, you two are adults. You can work that out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, without having to get into the whole, like, well, 
point, this is a former, so I need to go investigate that and figure it, out. And, exactly. So, yeah. And then it's like, you know, I don't have any reason to go and share that with other people. Oh, like, man, can you believe course. what Miranda, her friend, <laughs> took the credit? Good golly, <laughs> just, you know? Just, ooh, fuel to the fire at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, I think when you're looking at those kind of scenarios, that's the general guidance that mm, that's good that's good I to know give. yeah so uh, that is the ninth commandment and i do always like to wrap it up <laughs> spoiler alert with how this actually played out in the life of jesus and he was murdered on a tree because of false witness in fact matthew 26 59 through 60 reads now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Man. But you find it very interesting that the religious leaders, the guardians of the law, yeah. which includes thou shalt not bear false witness, are seeking false testimony. Exactly. They go out of their way like, <laughs> all right, let's round up these 20 worthless fellows. And then they try to pin down Jesus and they can't agree. Like they can't do it. They're like finding all the police informants and we're like, look, I need you to lie. Yeah, like just I'll take I'll take a month off your sentence. But, yeah, please. I need you to lie about this. <laughs> please do it. Now, of course, finally two did come forward and say, We heard Jesus say he'd destroy the temple. Which is a total misrepresentation of everything. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because he said that in the open and he was talking and he was speaking there in the parables. He said, Yeah, like you destroy this temple, I'll raise it up in three days. Exactly. And talking about his own body, of like, course. That's a very obvious and intentional misrepresentation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all this is to say is that false witnesses a life destroyer so just let's just not yeah true just don't you know just don't <sighs> just don't do it hmm. steal that from the my boy Shia LaBeouf <laughs> Shia LaBeouf oh god bless him god bless Shia LaBeouf yes well, thank you for listening, as always. Mm -hmm. And if this was helpful to you, you can leave us an honest five-star review. You certainly can. Be helpful. If you want to ask us questions, you can email us, at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And don't go spreading lies about us. Please. No false testimony. <laughs> well, that would be very unhelpful. Very <laughs> can you believe what Josiah and Ethan said in that podcast? I can't believe them. They're terrible. <laughs> the whole thing was just gossip about Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.